Amen. Come on, let's clap for Jesus, everybody. He's the reason why we're here. Father, we love you. We worship you, Lord God. If it had not been for the Lord, where would we be? Lord, we love you. We worship you. We magnify you. Isn't God been good? Amen. Amen. Well, it's good to be back here, Church of Omaha. I appreciate just the friendships that have been made, this church, and the value that has been added to my life through the church and the relationships, the friendships. I can look around and just see so many familiar faces and just say, I remember when. Many of you... Um, just responding to the word, times that just watching you go through hard times and then make it through. And here you are. Amen. You're still here. In spite of it all, you're still here. And I appreciate Bishop Powell, um, the value that he has added even at lunch today. I've seen them interacting with our children and I always want my children to have uh, a positive interaction with all ministry. And, and I just appreciate the way that you worked with my family. And um, little Nina, I was back in the office before all uh, the service started going. I was back in the office. I was praying. And then my wife was going to go to the restroom. And little Nina stuck her head in. And she came into Bishop's office. And she said, Where's my bishop? You know, so I appreciate things like that. And I appreciate, you know what I noticed? That there are many people that are stepping up into this church into different roles and different ministry. And, and I recognize something that was, that was taking place that you weren't just playing the piano. But as you were playing, I seen her. I can't, I can't play anything with two hands. And I appreciate that, that we are raising a generation not know, just knows how to play, but knows how to worship. I don't want to just fill a position. I don't want to just take up space. But I want to give God glory in everything that I do. I want this world to see Him. I said, God, let them see you. Let them not see me. Amen. Amen. So, with that all being said, last night I preached to myself. But tonight I'm going to preach to the choir. And tomorrow we'll preach to whosoever will. And we will see God minister, heal, deliver. And there are some of you that you are, you've been healed and you've come a long way. But after tomorrow you will be whole. Amen. But what I felt is that tonight. God, He doesn't want you to just have another breakthrough. He wants you to be able to keep the breakthroughs you've already had. And I believe that before we have another move of God's Spirit, that He wants to reinforce through His Word the ability to keep what He has already done. And I'll explain a little bit more. But if you have your Bibles, Mark chapter 15, verse 17. She done got raptured. Where'd she go? Oh, there you are. Goodness, she got translated like Philip. All right. Goodness. Mark chapter 15, verse 17. With the theme that we are in, it's, it's Easter tomorrow. There's no more fitting text that I could take Mark 15 and verse 17 the Bible says and they clothed him Jesus with purple and plaited a crown of thorns and put it about his head and began to salute him, salute him hail king of the Jews and 
they smote him on the head with a reed and did spit upon him and bowing their knees worshipped him. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple from him and put his own clothes on him and led him out to crucify him. And they compel one Simon, a Cyrenian, who passed by, coming out of the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to bear his cross. And they bring him, Jesus, unto the place. Somebody say the place. Brought him unto the place Golgotha, which is being interpreted the place of a skull. And tonight I'm simply going to talk about that place, the place of a skull or of the skull. Amen. I want you to pray with me right now because I believe God is going to do something very sovereign in this house tonight. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, we open our minds, our hearts, our spirits to you. Lord, we know that your word is forever settled in heaven, but I pray tonight that you would let it be settled in us, oh God. I pray, Lord, that you would anoint my lips to speak, their ears to hear, all hearts to respond. I pray, oh God, that you would confirm your word with signs following. I pray let there come clarity, understanding, and revelation in this house. Oh God, I bind every lying spirit, oh God, that has battled the minds of men and women Lord and I pray let there be truth revealed through your word and let us receive and keep that which was provided to us in through Calvary and we pray it oh God in the name of Jesus and we oppose every work of opposition from the enemy that would come against us again we push back the perimeter of ministry oh God let there be oh Lord I pray a greater capacity to receive all that you died for us to have. And we receive it now, even now, Lord Jesus. And everybody said in Jesus' name. Come on, say it like you got an attitude. Somebody say in Jesus. Amen. One more time, clap your hands right now. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, you may be seated. Amen. No doubt you probably have recognized that there's a battle that has been going on. If not, spoiler alert. Wow, tough crowd already. See, the opening statements are always, you know, that you don't need to listen to those, but Spoiler alert, there's been a battle that's been going on. It's a battle in the unseen. It's a spiritual battle. And it is our minds that have taken the brunt of the battle. Many of you would maybe not even say, but you know for a fact that there's been going on things between your ears that in the last year when we were in isolation, quarantine, all these things being thrown at us, it was one thing after another. It would go in one ear and it would kind of just ricochet in between those ears over and over and everything that was going on. But can I tell you that the Bible says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds and the casting down of imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the and bringing into captivity every thought. The battleground is the mind. It's the mind. That's where everything's being fought and that's where everything is being being. Just that's where we're dealing with it. But I want to talk to you about that because you have to understand that it is the mind that the make it was at Cal, let me say it like this at Calvary, the maker of the mind of men, Jesus Christ. It's at Calvary, 
that the maker of the mind showed his mastery over the mind. Because did you know when testifying to the place outside of Jerusalem where Jesus was crucified, all four writers of the gospel use the Greek word cranion when they reference Golgotha, the place where he was crucified. Now with all four writers of the gospel using this Greek word cranion, that word cranion in the Greek is often translated as skull in English. But more accurately, it means cranium, the part of the skull enclosing the brain. But in Latin, cranium is rendered calvary, from which the English word calvary is derived. It was there at the place of the skull. It is at Calvary that makes mention of the, the enclosing parts of the, the brain. Listen, it is the place of the skull. It is at the place of the skull that the master of the minds of men, the maker of the mind of men, showed his mastery over said mind. It's no coincidence where he was crucified was called the place of the skull and the very mention of Calvary is in reference to our cranium the housing of our minds it was there at the place of the skull where Jesus himself would wrestle with the very same thoughts that you and I have felt many times it is at the place of the skull where he would wrestle with thoughts of my God my God why have you forsaken me why me am I why am I alone going through what I am going through it's at the place of the skull where he was wrestling with the temptation of unforgiveness for those he loved would reject him it's at the place of the skull he would say father forgive them for they know not what they do. It's at the place of the skull. He wrestled with his own rejection. It was there at the place of the skull that he would, would fight his greatest battle. But at the place of the skull is where he won the greatest war. The place of the skull. He was making a point when he could have been crucified anywhere else. When he could have surrendered anywhere else to the completion of God's will. It all was at the place of the skull. But it was at the place of the skull where yes he fought his greatest battle just like you and just like me. We will face our greatest battles at the place of the skull. But just like he fought his greatest battle there that's also where he won the greatest war and it's at the place of the skull that he paid the price and he allowed for healing to come into our world deliverance to come into our world liberty to come into our world for us to have a higher calling it was all at the place of the skull it was at the place of the skull where we realized our worth, our value who we are and who we're called and created to be it's all at the place of the skull but hear me, just as real as it is or can be said that at the place of the skull he fought his greatest battle, but at the place of the skull won the war. But just as real as he won the war at that place of the skull, it's that same place of the skull that we often forfeit the victory he died to give us. So we must learn how to protect the place of the skull. Understanding its significance in our lives. So many times we put emphasis on, on the spirit man. We put emphasis on many other things that encompass everything that we believe. But we must understand and know if Jesus went that far to crucify his flesh. 
at the place of the skull. He's sending a message to us even now while we are celebrating Easter tomorrow because remember, it was David. Remember David and Goliath? Goliath, he didn't recognize that giant, how big he was or how tall he was, how heavy his shield was. He didn't know any of that about David. didn't know any of that, that about his giant. But what he did know about Goliath was he was uncircumcised. He was not in covenant relationship with God. So what David recognized about him. Listen, this is what that speaks to me. That your biggest giant is going to be your excess flesh that has never been dealt with. Right? Because that's what circumcision was. It was dealing with excess flesh, surrendering it to God so you can be in covenant. But David fought Goliath. Goliath was a representation of excess flesh that had not yet been brought into covenant with God. But hear me. You want to know how he knocked down Goliath? He slung a stone and he knocked uh, because here he knocked him in the head. And watch what happens. He defeated. Here's how he dealt with excess flesh by defeating a carnal mind. So that place of the skull, many times we know that's where he won the war. But we often forfeit that victory that he died to give us when he won that war at that place of the skull. So tonight I want you to understand I'm going to preach about that place of the skull. I'm going to talk about the mind. I'm going to talk to you and under, help you to understand that the, the mind or the place of the skull is the threshold for all true and lasting change. It's the place of the skull that is the threshold for all transformation. Because Romans 12 and 2 says this, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. He was saying you want, you want to be changed. It's going to be through the, the renewing of your mind. He said you want to be different and not conformed to this world. It's not by what you do, but it's by how you think. Now let me go a little bit further. When I talk about this place of the skull, I'm going to talk about it not only being the threshold for all lasting change because you can get it in your spirit but not get it in your mind and you will forfeit what was intended when God gave you something in the spirit. Because understand, I'm going to say some sayings and if you're a note taker, you've got to take some notes tonight. If not, I'm a mental note taker. I... I, I very rarely will take a note to pen to paper and I know that's not you don't you don't mimic me you you write notes you do that okay but here's the, what I want you to understand thoughts become things you ready remember watch this now think about it thoughts become things John 1 and 1 in the beginning was the Word. I used this scripture last night, but last night it was talking about who God was, but we were created in His image, so I'm going to show you some things on how, how He operates with us or how we function according to how we were created in His image. Watch this. Pull that up. There it is. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Right? But now we know that, verse 14, and the Word became flesh. And dwelt among us. Notice that word in the beginning was the word. Now that word, word in the Greek was the Greek word logos. Which is thought or expression of thought. So it's, let, let's put that in place. In the beginning was a thought. And the thought was with God. And the thought was God. But then, and the thought was made. F oh, gosh, help me. No, okay, I'm going to break it down because some of you are like looking at me funny like, what? What are you saying? No, that word, in the beginning was the word. That word, logos in the Greek, it means thought or the expression of thought. So in the beginning, there was a thought that sparked. But before that thought ever became a thing, it was in the mind of a thinker. 
a creative God. So in the beginning was a thought. But before, listen, that thought was in the mind for a little while. But eventually that word that was a thought in the beginning became flesh. So thoughts will eventually become things. So if it's in your mind long enough, just give it time. If it's in your mind, it will eventually make its way into your flesh. See, you can think just because nobody knows what's going on between your ears, it'll never make its way into your reality. But guess what? If it's in your mind and in between your ears long enough, it'll make its way into your hands. It'll make its way into your feet. It'll make its way into your marriage. It'll make its way into your... The way you parent your children, all because thoughts become things. If it, that's not just about who Jesus is. We were created in his likeness, in his image. And if he in the beginning was a word or a thought and that thought became flesh, we are no different because we were created in his image. So thoughts become things. So if it's in your mind, it has to be in your mind before it ever makes its way into your flesh. So I know that's, that's a negative kind of concept, right? But you can have that positive. You will not have revival in your hands if you don't first have revival in your head. It's got to get beyond your emotions. It's got to get, listen, it's got to get in between your ears that there really is revival, that we're going to have a move of God. But that's got to be between your ears before it's ever in these pews. It's got to get before it's ever in your hands. You've got to get it in your head that God is going to use me. Before you ever begin to work in the harvest, you've got to get that work already settled in your head. Because thoughts become things. And like I said already, you may, listen, I'm a mind reader. Did you know that? I'm a mind reader. I can tell by what you do in your flesh what's going on in your head. I'm not a judge. Well, I don't want to. I'm a fruit inspector. Because I can tell by what fruit's in your hands what kind of seeds are in your head. Ah, thoughts. Somebody say thoughts become things. So if you want to see something in your hands, you've got to first see it in your head. You've got to get this right. You've got to get this right. You've got to get some things settled in here. Because that's not just who God is. That's how God operates and how he's created us. That's why you've got to understand the next thing that I'm going to tell you is that we are simply just a product of our thoughts. I'm not, think, I'm not talking about you've got to think... Think about a Cadillac, think about a Cadillac, think about a Cadillac, then boom, you're driving one. That's not, I'm not preaching that kind of gospel. I'm trying to get you to understand that there are some things that Jesus did and wants you to have that he provided at the place of the skull that you can let it slip out of your head and therefore through your fingers. But I want you to understand we are a product of our thoughts because Proverbs 23 and 7 says, For as he thanketh, or as a man thanketh, in his heart so is he as a man thinketh in his heart so is he that tells us the mind is the threshold but the heart is where that seed will eventually end up so as a man thinketh in his heart, God has eternally linked the, the, the mind and the heart. But watch what he even says, 1 Peter 1 and 13. I didn't give you this verse of scripture. But wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. 
You know what that is? Loins are the all-encompassing region of the reproductive organs. So when it references the loins, it is, in, it is calling out the reproductive organs. So hear me. He said, gird up the loins of your mind. He is telling us the reproductive organ in the spirit is the mind. It's the place of the skull that if you want to see something reproduced in your life, you've got to have it in your mind mind if you want to see it in your family you first got to have it in your mind the place of the skull is so powerful it has a power to reproduce freedom and liberty in those you love and those you lead it's the place of the skull and let me say this if we're a product of our thoughts then what do you think God wants you to be? That's why Paul said, finally, brethren, hear me. Paul said it, finally, brethren. That means after he's talking to the Philippians for about four chapters, he gave them some good stuff. But he said, I said all that to say this. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report. He said, you don't listen to just any report. Turn the news off. He said, whatever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Because if you want to have honesty in your life, you've got to first have honesty in your thoughts. That's the, pl- that's the power of the place of the skull. Because many times we struggle not because we didn't have moves of God. We struggled not because we didn't feel God's touch or hear God's word. But the reason we struggle is because of what's going on between our ears. We are a product of our thoughts. And if we don't like what we've become, you have to evaluate your thoughts. Because here's my next thing. You ready? Intake determines outcomes and output. You ready? Right? We're doing Sunday school. I understand. But intake determines output because if we are a product of our thoughts, what influences our thoughts that ultimately determines who we become? Intake. Intake determines output. What is coming in to your mind? What is influencing the thoughts? Listen, I've got, I've got a lot of stories I want to tell. Because during quarantine, 2020, all that stuff, I know people, they're having their second round of COVID right now. And they're in quarantine, and I know, I know we did first five weeks and everything, but check me out, watch this. I remember... That when I, I was a preacher, uh, I mean, I was a, like 10 years ago. Uh, this was this what happened like 10 years ago. Me and my wife, we had got married. Actually, May 30th, it's 12 years. So it was by the grace of God. I didn't do anything. It was all God. <laughs> and my wife, she's an amazing woman, by the way. Amen. Y'all need to slip her a $100 bill just for putting up with me. Amen. No, I'm just kidding. She, I don't know what got into her. I don't, I don't want to do it. Okay, okay. She's got these nice pretty dresses anymore that she's getting from these dainty jewels place. I'm like, baby, did you end up paying ties to dainty jewels and all these dress companies? Oh, all the girls. I see, I see the hands went to the mouth. They're like, oh, he's, t- he's breathing my mouth. I'm so sorry. You need to come to the altar now. <laughs> but no, and I remember we were, we were just married, and what I did, I'd go out and I'd preach and I'd be exhausted. And when I came home and I was exhausted, I'd want to kind of just relax and kick back. So what I would do was I would just try to pull something up on the computer because we didn't have a TV. We just had a computer, and um, I would pull, like, YouTube videos up, and I'd watch survival shows because... Uh, I probably told you all this before, because I've told Church of Omaha everything already. 
But I was sitting there, and I, I mean, I just wanted to find something that I could watch that I didn't, it wasn't so latent with just agenda and all. I said, I'm, ju- I'm just done with the garbage. Either way, I'm just done. I don't, and I mean, this was 10 years ago. Can you imagine how I'm, you know, goodness. But I'm sitting there, and I'm just wanting to pull up a survival show because, I mean, you watch people just survive out in the jungle away from everything. Right? I'm wanting to see somebody start a fire with a flashlight. You know, I'm wanting to learn. I don't ever want to have to do it myself. I just want to know that I know that I know how. So I'm there watching. I mean, there was Bear Grylls, man versus wild, but then there was Les Stroud. He was survival man. And he would go, survivor man, he'd go out there, but he had this show. It was called Beyond Survival, where he would go live with the indigenous people of that area. Right? And he was there, and I mean, it happened in a matter of moments. He's in Sri Lanka, then all of a sudden, he introduces the indigenous people in this video. And he's sitting down around the fire, that's why I'm sitting down. And all of a sudden, they're wearing all kinds of white paint, and they're dancing around the fire. And they're doing what they called a dance for the dead. And I was like, man, this escalated quickly. And they're trying to conjure up the spirits of their ancestor. And they're just doing, I mean, a matter of seconds. And all of a sudden, when I realized that something went, I mean, just some kind of, in my spirit. And my wife in the other room, which she is hypersensitive to the spirit world, she all of a sudden says, Ryan? Not like that, but Ryan, what are you watching? I said nothing, X out, X out, delete. She said, because whatever you're watching just came into our home. And she came out in the living room and we began to pray. And I said, I feel like the Lord spoke to me and told me it was an unclean spirit, a demon from Sri Lanka that we had channeled into. That's why they call it a channel, a YouTube channel, or whatever channel you got. That's why they call it a channel. It's meant to channel something. Because the Bible talks about not having anything to do with witches or mediums. You know what the, 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 sing, or the plural form of medium is? A medium is somebody that conjures spirits and channels spirits. But the, the, the singular form or the plural form of medium is media. Does that, okay, I know, that makes sense. So literally, she came into the room. We began to pray. And I said, babe, I think it's this. And when I said what I thought God told me, she said, Ryan, whatever you just said, when you said the name, it's like it came to attention. And I looked over in the corner of our little house, and we had a little fake plant over in the corner. And I looked over, and for the first time in my life, I don't always see creepy stuff, but I looked over, and I seen the face of what I'd let into my home. And I'm here to tell you, we began to pray. And that woke me up to the fact that my mind is a threshold. But I got to be protective over the place of the skull. Because if I'm going to allow the thoughts to become a thing, hear me. I'm going to be very careful what I allow into my mind. See, because it wasn't a real big deal at first. But here's what I want you to understand, that the spirit world is very real. And it wants to, and I'll explain a little more. Let me show you a principle that you've got to take away with you. Because this is why I said, we've got to hear this tonight so we can keep what God's going to do tomorrow. Because it is, we'll go back to Esau. Remember Esau? Old Esau, Genesis chapter 25. Pull that verse up of scripture that I had. Watch this now. Now you know who Esau is, the hunter, the man of the field who despises birthright. But watch what the Bible says. And Esau said to Jacob, feed me, I pray thee, that same red pottage. For I am faint. Therefore his, or therefore was his name called Edom. So he comes home from the field. He's exhausted too. He's wore out too. He used every bit of of mental energy and physical energy, emotional energy out there in the world. But he came home and he was about to die. And he's like, just, just, man, just give me some of that red pottage. And he got some. The Bible says if there's a detail in your Bible like there's red pottage, take note because there was red pottage. And when he ate the red pottage, his name was changed to Edom. Now Edom, Edom means red man. 
So he ate the red pottage and he became the red man. Because your intake determines your output and your outcome. Oh, God. See, it was just a little bit of red pottage. It's just a little bit of red pottage. It don't matter. If you don't mind becoming the red man, that's fine. But he ate the red pottage. He became the red man. Edom means red man. It's a derivative of the name Adam. It refers to fallen flesh. So he sold his birthright in who he was called to be and defaulted back to that fallen flesh that he inherited from his father, Adam. Can I tell you that you have to be very careful when you are tired and when you are weary what you allow over the threshold of your mind. I understand there's some times that I just want to get away and I just want to just maybe read something or watch something. I understand. But at what cost could it be the place of the skull? Because your intake determines your output. That's why he said, finally, brethren, you got to think on these things because your intake does determine your outcomes and your output. You want to know why? There's been so many things going on in our world and it's compounding. Why? Because people are feeding on media. People are feeding on this whole thing and it's compounding. But I'm here to tell you, if you want to keep what Jesus tied for you to have, you cannot keep feeding your fallen flesh. And expect to not uh, and expect to have a right mind. No wonder people are depressed. No wonder people feel like they're all alone. No wonder, because that's what's being fed to them. Well, hey, it's no wonder if you eat the red pottage that we become the red man. It's the power of the place of the skull. Your intake determines your output. Now, so how do you ingest things spiritually? You ready? How do you ingest things? What do you mean eat red potters? What do you mean? How do you ingest things? I'll show you how you ingest things. You ready how we ingest things spiritually? You ready? I was teaching a Bible study. That day, that, that, that morning at work, the, or before work, the Lord spoke to me. He said, Ryan, I'm going to deal with you about... The, discerning of spirits and wisdom because that's one of the gifts of the spirit where he can enable you to discern what what's going on and I went to work that day and I had a guy come up to me and he showed me his phone he picked up his little phone he said this he said Ryan watch this and it was a movie trailer called paranormal activity and it was, it was just a really, man, just demonic movie. And I was like, I couldn't even watch it. Just the trailer. It just, I got sick. And all of a sudden, I just, my stomach turned. It was like, ugh. I was like, I don't want to see it, man. I said, God, what was the point of that? He said, you'll know later. And I go that night, and I'm teaching a Bible study. And as I'm teaching a Bible study, I'm teaching about the blood of Jesus. And all of a sudden, there's a knock on the door. And when that knock comes to the door, all of a sudden, my stomach turns the same way. I said, oh, okay, my spiritual antennas are up. I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on? Okay. And all of a sudden, while I'm teaching that Bible study, this lady comes to the door, knocks on the door. We let her in. And this lady was full of the devil. She was literally possessed demonically. And she comes into our house, or into my mom's house, actually. I'm, uh, I'm going to tell the story. It was actually my aunt. You're supposed to laugh because everybody's got that aunt. You know you got that aunt. If you don't, you're about to meet her. <laughs> but she came in, and I'm, I started once again into the Bible study. She kind of disrupted. She came and sat down, and I got to teaching about the blood of Jesus and what Jesus did. And we have authority over all these things. And I mean, went through. we even have authority over the devil. And I, when I started talking about the blood of Jesus and all that he did and the authority that we had, literally 
my aunt that was full of the devil started to say no no and it wasn't her voice friend she started saying no no and here's what she did she covered her ears and she closed her eyes and said no 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 because the devil understands if he's going to keep the territory he possesses he is going to have to keep the ears closed and he's going to have to shut the eyes because it is the eyes and the ears that are the access points to the mind and if the devil knows enough to protect the eyes and to protect the ears so he can keep the territory of the mind so that he can have influence over a life how much more should we try to protect our eyes and keep our ears hear me the devil knows enough but I'm here to come and wake up the church to realize that place of the skull must be protected if we're not only just going to have revival but if we're going to maintain revival if we're going to keep moving forward not just have a step forward but keep moving forward it's all going to be that place being protected so you know what? wisdom came and here's what I said to my aunt she closed her ears and she shut her eyes and I said Look at me. And I said, listen. She opened her eyes. And she said, what? And I said, I told you that Jesus has all authority and you can no longer be here in the name of Jesus. And you watched that devil go... And she fell back in her seat. Tears began to flow down her face. And we prayed her through to the Holy Ghost at a kitchen table. Somebody, I'm telling you, it's, you're going to ingest things spiritually through your eyes and your ears. So if you want to see what you're going to be this next year, look at your intake over the last year. And wondering why so many people are struggling. Because sometimes we're just tired. And we're weary. And we just want a little bit of red pottage. I don't blame you. I'm a preacher. Minister extraordinaire. And I struggle. But if I don't like my outcomes, I got to go back to my intake. And I'm going to say, no, I don't want to be that. I don't want to struggle with those thoughts. And if I can cut that off and not let that in my eyes or in my ears, I'll defeat a lot of the battles before they even happen. Now, because think about it. And I usually preach that in such a negative context. But your intake determines your output. That's a good thing. Because I've got a picture on my phone. I should send this one to you too. I got revelation at Walmart. Right? And it was from a trash can. A trash can. Spoke to me like a burning bush. And it said, garbage in, garbage out. Musicians come. I'm just kidding. But listen, garbage in, garbage out. You put bad things in, you get bad things out. But you put good things in, you're going to get good things out. That's why I'm going to put in front of these eyes. I'm going to put the Word of God in, in these eyes. That's why I'm going to wake up every morning. I'm going to allow the Word of God to infiltrate that threshold and to get in my mind so it can get in my spirit. I'm going to pull up preaching. I'm going to get Bishop online. And I'm going to start channeling his, his anointing into my home every day. That's why I'm going to listen to music. I remember we had a breakthrough in Dallas. And I mean that Dallas is just like Omaha. It's got the spirit of busyness. And it about broke my health 
when that prince was come up against. And you know what my mentor did? He said, all you got to do, just pull up the Psalms. Start reading them out loud. Start playing them in your home. And just get good in. And you'll get good out. See, let me give you another instant. For instance, my, my, my pastor, who's now my pastor, Brother Cisco, he came and he, he literally, we were praying he's doing his noon broadcast. I'm sure you're aware of it. He was doing his noon broadcast and he's praying and we're praying together. And I'm there in my home. And if it's fair for the devil to be able to channel things into my home, I think it's fair for God to be able to channel through that same thing into my home to influence my family. So we began to pray together. And as we're praying, we began to pray for the nations. And as we're praying for the nations, he's going through all of the nations. And you could hear as he is interceding for the nations, every nation he goes to, it's like the dialect of his tongue begins to change with every nation he's praying for. And when it came to some oriental nations, nations it came I don't remember which one it was but when it got it just sounded like it was an oriental tongue I've heard brother Lucas I've heard you do this many times I didn't tell you but I heard you doing this but he was praying for some oriental nations and as he was I turned around and when I turned around I seen a lady I thought it was Melanie but it was a lady that was in oriental garb and as quick as I seen it it was sent off and what the Lord showed me it was an angel that was sent to those nations from our prayer and I want you to understand if devils can get into our home through the things we watch I think it's fair for God to be able to let things into our home as well and I'm here to tell you there's somebody watching right now that there's an angel that can come into your home just start looking around there just might be something in your home my God, what I'd do sometime later, I'd come back and replay this message and God might just allow something to start flowing into your home. I wish Nathan was in here, I'd tell you. Guess what, they're in the nursery. And I bet it's streaming in there. My son Nathan right now, he was five years old. There's Natalie. How are you doing, baby? Five years old, Nathan was. When that same man of God, he called me and he said, I just preached a message. I want you to listen to it. Mom was gone at prayer meeting, at ladies' prayer. That's why I wasn't there. I'm not backslid yet. And I'm... But she was at ladies' prayer. He said, I want you to listen to this message. So it was me, Nathan, and Natalie in our home. And I started listening to that message. And I felt God, just the gift of faith, started coming into our home. It felt like just our home, our living room, began to flood with water. And I felt like faith was starting to lift me. And I was on my tiptoes. And when that faith came into our home through a live stream, when it came into our home, I felt like God said, pray for your children right now I took two chairs from the kitchen I set it up right there and I said come on babies we're going to pray and we cleaned out our little dirty hearts and it was then that we cleaned out our little dirty hearts and I began to pray for a five year old boy and in our home God filled him with the baptism of the Holy Ghost I'm here to tell you intake determines output thought you'd be running the aisles by now but no I, I could care less if you're running the aisles right now because I understand that you are receiving an understanding and an awareness of the spirit and what's going on that you want to know what's going on in your home and why you might be struggling it might be because of intake so that's why I'm going to put as much word in my eyes and as much word in my ears because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God are you ready to go a little bit further what influences our intake you don't have to answer it's a trick question no environment 
environment influences intake. Think about it. Uh, that's why I was talking about Nathan in our home. Because we want to have the right kind of intake because that's going to determine our output. But you have to understand it's a lot of times the environments that we find ourselves in. If we are not careful and we are not protective over the place of our skull, there are things that are reaching out for our minds. Think about in 2 Samuel chapter 18. There's a man by the name of Absalom who is in a war with his daddy's servants. And Israel is fighting the men of David. And they are fighting, in the Bible says, in the, the woods of Ephraim. And in the woods of Ephraim, the Bible said, watch this now. The Bible said that there was 20,000 men that died that day. 20,000 men. But watch what the Bible says. For the battle was there scattered over the face of all the country. And the wood devoured more people that day than the sword devoured. You know what that means? That that environment that was housing the battle was more deadly than the sword. More people died because of the environment than the actual sword. And that's what the America has become. It's become a battleground where, yes, there were some things that were done wrong and there was corona and it's real. We lost Papal to corona. I sat on a plane with some ignorant Joe. He was saying, ah, do you know anybody? that I think it's all a hoax. Do you know anybody that's actually personally that has died of corona? I said, yeah, I know about five or six. It was real. It was like the sword. It's deadly. But what it's created is an environment that has become more deadly. I'm telling you, there were injustices like a sword. Deadly. But it's created an environment that's much more deadly than the initial offense. But be very careful, Absalom. Because the Bible says this, watch. He's going through that environment and he's not even giving a second thought. The Bible says, And Absalom met the servants of David. And Absalom rode upon a mule and the mule went under the thick boughs of a great oak and his head, his head caught hold of the oak and he was taken up between the heaven and the earth you understand get the picture Absalom just being the young man that he was was going through the same environment that so many had already died in and he's just going through it not even giving second thought for his mind and it is that environment that literally reached down and grabbed a hold of his head and that mule kept going and he was there stuck between heaven and earth all because his mind had been captured by the culture. Can I tell you where America is right now? America is caught in the balance between heaven and earth because many have allowed their thoughts and their minds to be captured by the culture's rights and wrongs the culture's ideologies hear me I know I'm preaching to the church tonight but I want to help you get a burden for America because maybe even you are here today and you are caught stuck in indecision am I going to answer my call or am I just going to pursue things in this life is it going to be heaven or is it going to be earth and we are stuck why because of our minds and 
I'm here to tell you there's, there's some, and I just feel like I have to say this if for nobody here. I have to say it for maybe an online audience that there is somebody that you have been dabbling with pornography, and when you have given yourself to pornography, not giving a second thought for what it could do for your mind, it has created neurological pathways in your brain that have caused you not to be able to break free. You just keep slipping into those same canyons and valleys that were created through the pleasure centers of your brain but I'm here to tell you you're stuck because you've been caught but I'm here to tell you that Jesus has another tree Absalom oh Absalom don't you get caught up in the wrong tree church of Omaha guest visitor here don't you get caught up fighting and fussing in the wrong tree because there's another tree called Calvary that's trying to call your attention. Look what I did. Look what I provided. Look at my sacrifice. And he's saying, don't get hung up in the wrong tree. Somebody right now, I need you to just lift your hands. I'm telling you, you may not be caught up in a tree, but I'm here to tell you it's reaching for your mind. It's reaching for your attentions. Somebody, America, needs a David, not an Absalom. The David that he had his eyes in Psalms 22. He had his eye on another tree. Come on, do me a favor. Just lay your hands on your head right now. Some of you, your feet have been trying to move forward. You've been trying to move forward, but your mind's stuck. Come on, pray for yourself right now, Father. Free my mind. Help me to take inventory. What have I been watching? What have I been reading? What have I been entertaining? Who's been speaking into my ear? He said, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. See, counsel comes in your ears, but it manifests in your feet. Who have you been listening to? Just hear me. Lucas, like Absalom, look at me, look at me, look at me. Like Absalom, that tree reached out and grabbed a hold of his head because he was casually just coasting through life in an environment that had killed so many. But the Bible says in 2 Samuel chapter 18, verse 14, it says why, why Absalom was still alive, hanging in that tree. Here comes Joab, his enemy, that thrust three darts through his heart. Do you understand that when, when you, you have your mind has been captured, it gives your enemy access to your heart? So you may think those thoughts don't matter. But they do. Because when your mind has been captured, it leaves your heart exposed. You wanna, who's going to play the piano? I don't know. You want to come up here? Pastor, I'm, I'm about to just, I'm going to do what I talk to you about. Okay? Because I feel it heavy. Because environment is so powerful when you are talking about protecting the place of the skull. Because Mark 5, the Bible introduces us to a man who was possessed with a legion of demons. That means thousands of demons. But the Bible says this about him. 
In Mark 5 and 4 it says, Because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. Did you hear what that just said about him? It said he had many times been bound with chains and broken the fetters. He'd had many, let me say it like this, he had had many chain-breaking moments, but was still bound. It said he had often been bound with chains and fetters, but he broke free. But let's do the math, shall we? Hear me. Let's do the math. The Bible said if a man is, has a devil and you cast that devil out, he's going to go and find seven worse than himself and come back. That's eight. That's eight devils. Right? So if those eight go out and all eight of them get seven more worse than themselves... I don't know how much that is, but it's a lot more. See the math? But this man, he has thousands. So how many chain-breaking moments must he have had where he would come to church and get free? But then those devils will go out and come back. But how is it? Listen to me, Church of Omaha, hear me. This is what the Bible says about him. How could he be so worse off after so many supernatural chain-breaking train moments? The Bible says in verse 3 that he had his dwelling among tombs. Somebody say environment. So how many times did he come? He was bound, struggling with stuff. But he came to a Sunday morning service and he came to the altar and he brought free. But what good was it? If he was just going to go dwell among tombs and not change the environment that would influence him most. So he would go home dwelling among tombs. But he'd come struggling with the same addiction, struggling with the same thoughts of not being good enough. And he would come to another Sunday morning and he'd get free. But hear me. I didn't come to preach just another revival so you could have just another breakthrough church of Omaha. But that you could have a breakthrough but you could stay free and you can move forward but when this blind, when this man listen when this man this demoniac when Jesus healed him or freed him one more time you know what that the Bible says about him verse 15 says and they came to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion he was there sitting and clothed and in his but they were afraid but why he is sitting finally free again he'd had another chain breaking moment and this man all he desired of Jesus was Jesus let me go with you because he wanted to stay in the presence that had allowed, allowed him to be free. He felt so good. He just wanted to stay in that presence. Jesus, let me go with you. I want to keep that right mind. But you know what Jesus told him? Jesus said, no. He said, you can't stay here in this presence. Because it's not always going to be like this. There are going to be times where you can't feel me. There's going to be times that you can't see me. So he said, but let me just stay in this presence. Because how many times have you had a chain-breaking moment? You felt that deliverance and you felt God touch your mind after you've been struggling with stuff. And you just wanted to linger in the presence. 
Just let me stay here. But Jesus said no. Jesus said, Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but said unto him, Go home. You know what that tells me? Jesus expects our homes to be environments that are conducive to keeping in your house what you received in His. Because so many times we come here and we get what we need, but we lose what we got because we go home to environments that are not conducive. They're conducive to entertainment. They're conducive to many of our comforts. But He said, go home! So you want to know how we're going to do a revival? You want to know how we're going to do altar call tonight? We're not. Here's your word, Church of Omaha. Go home. You want to keep your revival? Go home. Whatever you planned on doing at this altar when I let you come, whatever you planned on doing at this altar, Jesus is saying, go home and change your environment. Do in your living room. Turn your couch into an altar. Because I'm telling you, the, the scope of God's revival that He has for Omaha is not going to be measured by this altar, but it will be measured by your homes because that's where you will truly protect the place of the skull. So I'm going to ask you right now, I'm going to ask you that you would ever so kindly begin to prepare your things begin to get your stuff together begin to figure out how you're going to get your kids to the car whatever you've got to do and I'm going to ask you to go home I'm going to ask you to go there and say God I want to clean out my home and it's not just about media it's not just about all the shallow things it's about changing the literal environment of the way you parent the way you treat your spouse the what you do every morning and before you lay your bed to rest I want you to go home. Somebody right now, somebody be the first and just get up and just go and just go. And I'm telling you, I did this one time at a youth retreat or at a youth conference and those kids went back to their apartments. Some of those young adults went back to their places and they felt demons leave. They cast out unclean spirits out of their home and they began to, and they had prayer meetings in their home. They had visions and angels in their home. Tomorrow, you come back with your testimony, what God did. You come back with your testimony telling, I felt devils leave. I thought I saw things on the wall, but they took off in the name of Jesus. Children to keep our marriages open.